better skills, better doctors. Join Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso from TCM Hub as we go beyond the nuts and bolts of clinical practice to navigate some of the more challenging aspects of being a self-employed physician. Welcome to Better Skills, Better Doctors. We are your hosts, Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso. Before we dive in, be sure to head over to tcm-hub.com and click Hub Community to join a network of your colleagues. There you can get help with your herbal medicine cases and get coached on topics covered in this podcast. Hub Community is only for those who are licensed practitioners of Chinese medicine and students who are enrolled in an accredited Chinese medicine program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Better Skills, Better Doctors. Uh, Thanks for joining us again. So I'm going to just dive right into the episode today because I think this is a really good one. And I think this is going to relate to a lot of people listening. The name of this episode is 12 Things I Want to Tell My Busy Past Self. Okay. I used to complain about being so busy. I had charts to catch up on all the time. I had booking, uh, bookkeeping to uh, stay on top of and catch up on. Uh, insurance billing, emails, callbacks, uh, new software to learn, you name it. It was like my life was a never-ending to-do list. And I know a lot of you are resonating right now. You know, this is the life of a solo Chinese medicine practitioner, right? So much to do, and that doesn't even include treating patients. And I look back at that time from my present self, I look back at that time and I cringe. And I, and I see a lot of you out there being so busy and I'm cringing. And it's not from a place of judgment, okay? I'm cringing because, at least for me, I can see from my current perspective all of the unnecessary stress and the unnecessary inefficiencies that I was creating for myself. All of that busying was entirely my own doing. So I created a list. Here's a list of 12 things that I want, uh, that my present self wants to tell my past crazy busy self. So number one, ditch the to-do list. It doesn't work. All you're doing is making an ever-growing list of shit you don't want to do. And with to-do lists, what you end up doing is you just end up doing the easy, low-hanging fruit, right? The easy things that you can check off because it makes you feel productive. It makes you feel like you're doing something. But really all you're doing is you're kind of doing the stuff that doesn't really actually matter. That's why it's the low-hanging fruit. That's why it's the easy stuff. All you're doing is really avoiding the real stuff, and then you're letting that pile up onto this list. So ditch the to-do list. Number two, instead of a to-do list, make a daily accomplishments list. Choose three things that you want to accomplish for the day and write them down at the beginning of the day. And then at the end of the day, write down the top three things that you did accomplish. And those might be the same as the first three from the beginning of the day, or they may be different. And then Take that accomplishment list and you celebrate it. Number three, 
Make the things that you want to accomplish very specific. Vague to-dos like figure out how to do X is, it's vague, right? And when things are vague, they're unclear. And when things are unclear, your brain is confused. And when your brain is confused, your old brain, your primal brain, it actually kicks in a fear response. And so then you get very overwhelmed because when you're confused, that is a dangerous place to be. So no more vague, right? Break it into pieces and put what you're going to do, you know, each piece of what you're going to do into your calendar. So for example, instead of writing on your to-do list uh, or your accomplishments list, figure out online calendar system. Instead, break it up into pieces. So one, from 1 to 2 p.m. on Tuesday, set up the online calendar to reflect my office hours. Two, from 1 to 2 p.m. on Wednesday, add services to the online calendar system and test it. And then you repeat it. You keep scheduling these little chunks for this one task, this one accomplishment. You repeat this until the whole thing is done. Trying to figure out how to do something new and implement it all in one day is completely unrealistic. And you're just setting yourself up for failure. And not to mention that it's kind of just overwhelming as hell. Number four, plan your week at the beginning of each week with your self-care and personal free time items first. Put those in your calendar first. Then you put in your deep focus tasks, which are things like that require some creativity, like, a, you know, deep focus, something where you need to sh- put on some headphones, silence your phone, things that, you know, are usually like marketing. Yeah. Creative type of tasks. So then you do your deep focus tasks and then you schedule out all the rest. When you do this, you're actually planning from your future self. And then don't veer from your plan. When you think about like, well, what about emergencies? You know, emergencies are actually very rare. And what feels urgent almost always isn't and can wait. Number five, chart as you go. Chart as you go, chart as you go, chart as you go. For the love of God, chart as you go. I know it seems like you urgently need to get to the next patient and that you don't have the time to chart in that moment, but you really do. It should take two to three minutes tops to stop and chart notes right then and there. Because, you know, your treatments really don't shift or change that much from session to session. And if they are, then that's something you need to evaluate. But Two to three minutes tops. If you just stop and take those two to three minutes tops, chart your notes, that's going to save you hours and hours of time at the end of the week or the end of next week or the end of the month. Because I apparently there's some of you that actually wait until the end of the month to do your charting, which I have no idea how you can even keep up with that. But if you're running behind that two to three extra minutes, it isn't going to make the difference. You're already late. Plus, how can you remember, like, how could you possibly remember what you did with a patient several days later? 
you know, at that point, you're probably making shit up. (laughs) And so it's better to be accurate and two to three minutes behind than inaccurate and taking charts home to finish over the weekend. Number six, block off three 15-minute slots a day dedicated to replying to emails. Better yet, have an autoresponder set saying that you will respond to emails during this specific time frame. If the matter is urgent, please call the office. If it is an emergency, please call 911. Number seven, never respond to health-related questions over email or on the phone. This is going to trap you on the phone um, for cumulatively hours a week, okay? Never respond to health-related questions over email or on the phone. All health-related questions should only be answered in the office. If it's a new or potential patient and they have questions, you let them know that all health-related questions can be answered during their private initial consultation. Number eight, do not allow patients to text you on your personal phone. Your personal time is personal and it is sacred. Go back to number seven on how to handle this. Number nine, for those of you who bill insurance, or because I build insurance, number nine, submit all insurance claims on the same day of service. There's not that many. Again, block off specific time just for this one task every day and just get it done. Number 10, schedule a non-negotiable lunch break. And I mean lunch, not work during lunch at your desk. Leave the office entirely and have lunch. Number 11, change your attitude and your story about being a self-employed clinician. As long as you think that you don't want to run a business, as long as you're thinking running a business is hard, that being a doctor and a clinic owner is just too much, that admin work is ruining your life, then it's always going to be true for you. Complaining about reality always makes it way harder than it needs to be. And the more you complain, the harder it will be. <laughs> and and please stop commiserating with your colleagues about it. I know it feels good to vent, but really in the end, all that does is, you know, it doesn't help you and it doesn't help them. It just normalizes and perpetuates and spreads a negative attitude. All right. Instead of complaining about it, identify the actual root of the problem and decide on what you will do to solve it. Number 12, stop indulging in busyness. Remember that being busy does not equal being productive, nor does being busy prove that you're working hard or that you're a hard worker. Busyness and productivity are not badges of honor. They have nothing to do with your worth. And free time doing nothing is not wasting time. If you find yourself with nothing to do, it doesn't mean that something is going wrong. And it doesn't mean that you are lazy. No matter how much our culture tells us so. And it reminds me of a quote from uh, Krishnamurti. It is no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. 
being busy is not, it is normal in our culture, but is not the goal. So I'd love to hear more about your ideas about around busyness. If you're a member of Hub Community, start a conversation in the Ask a Coach forum and let's talk. If you're not a member, come check it out at tcm-hub.com and click Hub Community at the top of the page. If you found this episode valuable, please share with a friend and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and considering new perspectives. See you next time. Rebecca Ong is a certified professional life coach for Chinese medicine physicians. She is not a certified financial planner, financial advisor, or accountant. Life coaching is not a substitute for therapy, medicine, or medical treatment. Anything discussed in this podcast is for general education and entertainment purposes only.